Okay. Uh, hello. This is episode 59. This, nice. Yeah. Uh, nope. Uh, no guests this week. Last week we had Gavin on. He made us coffee. Espresso. Espresso. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh, meeting Gavin in England, uh, saving the website, uh, disasters and conventions, slow-mo guys, bucket list items, working with Guy Ritchie, and the end of Achievement Hunter. But that was all last time. Now, this that's is old episode, news. Yes, this is episode... Fi- yeah, that's all old. <laughs> you still talking about that? This is episode 59, so I leave it to you. Uh, we're at El, El Tigre in East Austin. Not the old trailer, but the new building. Which Gus informed me is Spanish for El Tiger. Yeah, it's a little, that's your little bit of knowledge for today. It's a, it's the tiger. Uh, we passed by. It, it's funny. We passed by some condos or apartments on the way here that you and I both remembered as two different things, <laughs> but it was the same place. It's like I was like we were driving by that empty lot. I was like, oh, that's where the CVS used to be, and you're like, oh. Wait, I thought that's where the bingo place was. Yeah, it was a CVS first, and they so it became when, a bingo place. When did CVS become bingo? I think CVS became bingo like in 2001, 2002 maybe? That that sounds about right. Yeah, and then it was like, they, they painted it pink. It was like this big pink building right off of 35, like 35 and 12th for many years. And now it's, and then it was abandoned for a long time. <laughs> and then now it's just apartments or condos or whatever, like everything else around here. Well, good morning, Gus. Yes. Good morning, Eric. Uh, when was the last time you played bingo? Ah, man, I haven't played bingo in 15 years, maybe? Yeah, somewhere around there. I'm a big bingo guy. Are when you? was the last time you played bingo? Uh, like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I went for Millie's. When Millie turned 18, we wanted to do 18-year-old stuff with her, so it's like, here, buy some lottery tickets. Uh, you can't buy cigarettes, can't drink. Uh, let's go play bingo. <laughs> and the last time I played it was with um, my grandmother, so it wasn't uh, like American bingo. It was Mexican Is that bingo. like lo- the Loteria? Loteria? Yeah, yeah, with like uh, all the different... Um, pictures on it and whatnot. I uh, played with her. That's that's probably the last time I played bingo. Oh my! Have you tasted your coffee yet? No. Uh-uh. Is that a good omai oh or a bad omai? Oh I think it's good. You think? It's got. A, I think it's a good omai. Oh it's just I got hit with a flavor. It's a little. It's a little like cinnamony. That's fucking fantastic. That's, like I, that caught me. That took my breath away. Mine's that's, really smooth. I don't have that. Si- Maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit of cinnamon, yeah. Let's, oh, my. Right. I, I have the Americano. You want to take a sip? No, no, no I'll, take word, I'll take your word for it. Let's talk about the coffee, I guess, at the beginning. I don't mind. Um, I'm sorry. It just, like, it hit me. This is really good. This is this is my... Well, here's the thing. El Tigre is also a coffee roaster. So they are handling their beans from probably when they're green through mm-hmm. the process of what was just brewed for us now. So um, I think what you have is people who are very particular and very specific about the way things are made and handled. This cup of coffee, I got the regular like brewed drip coffee. There's no bitterness. It has like that fruity sourness that I really like in a coffee. That's awesome. I could slam this. It is so smooth and easy to drink. Like you said, no bitterness at all. I got the iced Americano. Mm -hmm. We need, Eric, we need to stop going to good places. (laughs) Yeah, we need a stinker in here. What happened? I I mean, we'll have to, well, let's let's hold off on our rankings until we finished and at the end. But like, holy shit. This was your recommendation. Yeah, because I was here Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a taco truck that everybody's been talking about Mm -hmm. for a while now. It's not like a new thing called Quantos Tacos. And it's like a little little two-bite tacos. And so Emily, uh, oh, and they have this one. They have this other thing where instead of a tortilla, it's uh, fried cheese. Oh. And then that's the tortilla. Oh, so good. 
Anyway, so Emily and I went Saturday morning, and it's over here on the east side on off uh, MLK, I guess, or 12th? 12th. Okay. 12th. And uh, we went by El Tigre Coffee to go to Quantas Tacos, and I saw it, and I thought, oh, so I mentioned it to y'all. We should check it out. By the way, Quantas Tacos are phenomenal. And then we tried to go to Desnudo because I've been talking it up to Emily, and there was probably 80 people in line. Like, no joke, probably 80 people in line. It's, it's because of the podcast, because of us. Uh, yeah, so we, should, uh, we shouldn't have done that, I guess. They got stomach lining on there? Let's see. They got suadero, cachete. One of those is probably is. I don't know. I don't know what the word for like stomach lining is. Mm -hmm. Jeff was telling us at Quantos Tacos you can get a six pack of tacos, which you should if you get. Interesting. I, there was one that was a weird one. I thought it was stomach lining, but I didn't. I wasn't going to get it. Emily was. Yeah. And then, the so. the thing about those that's the kind of when I think tacos, like that's why I go to like one taco in Austin because you get you can get the little two biter. Yeah. Um, and then you only have to order. If you order three tacos, the guy doesn't make fun of you because what you do is you spread it, you take the two tortillas and you spread it out, and then you take the overpack from the two tacos and you can make like two tacos out of it. So then you get six, and he doesn't he doesn't call you like names that you don't quite he understand. Stop you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you order, he doesn't go <laughs> Moss, and you go R. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I tell you, man. Uh, as we're sitting here in the front of this adorable little old white house probably built in the 40s that is El Tigre next to this other adorable little white house with all the, all iron, the white houses with all the iron fencing and then this this wall behind us with all the cow Texasy cowboy shit painted on it including little aliens and cactuses oh, and roses and a lot of snakes and boots uh, it's just a very Austin feel in place I am starting to regret leaving the east side because, oh really? Yeah, I mean, I've been over here a lot lately because of, uh, well, because of this, and also going over to try to eat at Quantos Tacos and stuff. And you know, I lived over here on this side of town for probably 12, 14 years, and uh, I don't need more. And goddamn, is it cute and adorable? Well, I will say, you know, and I too think, expensive to move back to. Yeah, the that look or this look and this feel of East Austin that you you know you say you miss does not exist where you used to live anymore. I think that that target is moving yes uh you know where you lived is definitely very different i, I think at one point it was like this probably back yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little more established now yeah, almost 20 bit, years yeah. ago but this this it's like a moving the the, the moving eye of gentrification has moved south <laughs> has moved uh, in a different direction uh and it's over here now now that you pointed out it's really bothering me that all these houses are white really all of them. I guess that one over there is almost like a, like a pale blue right across the street from us. But they are all white. Well, there's, it's, there's really only these. It's like a little spot of just these houses, too. Right? There's not Everything else around here is like more industrial or businesses. For now. For now. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying, not, probably not for long, huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just, you know, that's one of the things we always talk about. It's like that constant evolution of the city and the constant, like, moving of whatever is hot or whatever people want. <laughs> It's probably good that I don't live over this part of town anymore because it, it is uh, it is where all the partying and drinking. It's a great place to be in your twenties and thirties when you like to go out and drink and be social and stuff. But yep. if you're close to fifty and trying to stay sober, probably not. Probably better that I don't live over here anymore. You know, <laughs> where I could walk to eighty six bars from my front door. But you can at least visit over a couple times a week. It's nice for, to get back. Coffee. It's nice yeah. to get back to the side of town. I never, I never thought Austin would be big enough and busy enough where it would feel like effort to go from one side to the other, like California style. Mm -hmm. But we're definitely there now. Well, if anything, it's like it's not necessarily that the city's growing bigger. It's also just a matter of like 
the congestion and getting yeah. from one part to another. I guess that's really what I mean sucks. by bigger. Yeah. It's, it's, it's filling out, right? Like, I, uh, I have a friend that lives down southeast over uh, down by kind of by the old office. Uh-huh. And I went to go spend a couple days with him. He's a painter, and we were hanging out. And uh, it took me, like, an hour to get from my house to his house mm. the other day in mm-hmm. traffic. And that's, like, 15 minutes away. I, I, I was Sounds like 60 minutes. I was late because I didn't consider that, yeah, Austin is crazy, crazy fucking busy. I went, and it is now hard to get from one side of town to the other. How often do you find yourself driving on 35? Not often. Uh, twice a week, maybe? Okay. I don't know. When I come, I go, I pass 35. I cross it to come. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not just being like on. Up and like down, not very the, often. Not very often. I feel like I spend way less time on it than I ever did in the past just because it it has become so difficult. And I felt like we talked about this years ago when, you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s about how the mark of being someone who spent any appreciable amount of time in Austin is figuring out how to get where you're going without getting on 35 or without using any of the highways, like in the pre-GPS days, like mm-hmm. knowing like, oh, it's going to be really backed up now. i got to figure out another way to get around there. And that skill may still be useful, but GPS negates it, and everywhere is full. It doesn't matter what route you take. It's, right. It's going to be... Everybody has ways. Get everywhere. Now, so everybody goes the same ways. <laughs> oh, that's why they call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just got it. Uh, I'm realizing... Uh, quick sidebar. I'm realizing here... I, we've talked about this before in previous episodes. You can see one of the moon towers from here. It's uh, Oh, yeah. It's off, like, oh, just yeah. a little east of there here. You, you can see, like, the top of it peeking out over some construction over there. How many of those we got left? Like, 12 or 16, something like that? I think it was, like, 10 or 12, somewhere Yeah, we got about half number. of them left, and I think we ordered 36 totally. Yeah, there's, we, you still see one of them over there. I say we, as if I was in Austin in 1890 when they were ordered. Mm-hmm. 1893, I think, is when they ordered them. Uh, but, yeah, they're over there. Um, so, I, I I was thinking the other day. I, I don't remember. It stopped me if we've talked about this before. I was, I was, think, I was thinking about anime related stuff or stuff that we, maybe we haven't talked about in a while and do we ever talk about when Jack's laptop got stolen we've talked about it in other stuff I don't know if we've talked about it I on don't, this podcast I don't know if I know about this his laptop got stolen we were out shooting the, the, the doom immersion which is like you get loaded up with a bunch of stuff and like try to you know Walk around and do an obstacle course, like carrying a bunch of guns. Yeah, you know how like like video game characters have unrealistic inventories. Yeah, yeah. So we were trying to like physically carry everything in the Doom guy's inventory. Mm-hmm. And uh, I fucking killed it, by the way. <laughs> we found out that uh, Jack's house had gotten broken into. Oh wow! And they had stolen a, <laughs> a reaction. <laughs> they had stolen a bunch of his stuff, like video game console, <laughs> like all his electronics. Or what? I hit him twice. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And, uh, Couldn't carry it all like Doom guys inventory. Yeah. The most defeated I've ever seen a human being. <laughs> and one of the things they stole was his laptop. And uh, Jack, I remember, was really worried. He's like, "Man, you know, they took my laptop. I don't even have a password on it." I was like, "What do you mean you don't have a password on it?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't want to type it. So it's like you open it and it's just you know it's just logged in. It's just there." Like, well, that's dumb as hell. Yeah. But it worked in our favor because at the time it was before we used you know before. The internet was very different back then, right? Like, we still ran our own web server. I was the guy who ran it. It was before we, Adam Baird worked with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, well, if they open your laptop and did you, I was like, did you leave your, your email program open? He was like, yeah. It's like, well, if they open your laptop and it's just logged in, if they connect to their Wi-Fi, your email program will try to check its email. I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to change your password so that 
it'll start rejecting it. Then I'm going to set up a small script to monitor the email log, the email server log. And when I see rejected logins from your account, we'll know what their IP address is, and we can give it to the police, and the police can find these people and arrest them. What year was this where you were going to give the IP address to cops? This is 2009, maybe? What, was it that early? 2000. I mean, it was downtown. I mean, was it that late? No, we were... Were we downtown? Yeah, we were downtown. We didn't, we didn't know Jack before downtown. Uh, but I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I, I spoke wrong. I thought maybe it was Ralph Hoblinato. But 2009, so 2009, 2010, something like that. It was definitely... We were definitely uh, in the downtown office. But I had my Prius, which I bought in 2010. Oh, you know what? I'm a fucking liar. I'm sorry, Gus. We weren't downtown. Yeah. Because we didn't start immersion until we were in Ralph Alban. Correct. So it must have been 2010. Yeah, it must I, have I been. I think I had just gotten my Prius. Anyway, so it was 2010. Okay. So, uh, you know, I set up this script. And then when we see, I see it eventually. Like, it alerts me like, oh, fail login from Jack's email account. Like, oh, shit, we got this guy's IP address. I look it up. It's like, it's like a, at the time, like a Time Warner cable, like some guy, um, and I'm like, I can't, I can't see who owns the, uh, or who's using the address. I can just, I just know it's like a Time Warner customer. So I contact the police and I'm like, hey, um, and I'm calling about this case number or whatever. Uh, you know, this is the guy's IP address who stole everything. He just connected to the internet. And they're like, it's, it's his what now? <laughs> Saw that coming from a mile they away. They weren't ready for McGus the crime dog. <laughs> Dude, it took days to talk to different people and to explain to them what the hell I was talking about. It's like, what do we do? It's like, you need to contact Time Warner, find out which of their customers has this IP address at this time. That's who took everything. The stolen items are there. Then I never heard from them. And then like a week or two later, they're like, they told Jack, like, yeah, we, uh, we, we found the guy. We arrested him and uh, we got all your stuff back. It's like, yeah, he'd been stealing stuff for weeks. Almost like they found tons of stolen stuff. It wasn't just Gus. He had been like hitting everybody in the neighborhood. Or sorry, Jack. Yeah. Did they use his IP address to catch him? Yes. Wow, yeah. way to go. So you caught him. Yeah, so I broke a fucking crime ring uh, and explained to, uh, to APD how to, how to do that. The crime ring was one dude who was a drug addict. <laughs> and <laughs> who lived, who lived with his parents da-da. in the same neighborhood as Jack. Yeah. Um, he was a fucking neighbor. And uh, I remember because we were out there filming that. And the, the reason I bring up the Doom immersion was it was kind of relevant. It's like all this was going on while we were out there filming it. And I had at the time one of those little 3G hotspots. And I remember connecting my laptop to it out there and like trying to log into our mail server and like quickly write a stupid little script to uh, scrape the email server log to search for Jack's logins. And it was like so slow and unreliable. And now it'd be a fucking, I could do it from my fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 uh, so stupid how quickly that technology has advanced. Oh man, I uh, I gotta say I was mentioning this to Eric a little bit inside. Uh, I was trying to, trying to come up with stuff to talk about today or think about anima type things to think about, but I am just in such a state of almost zen today. I, I don't know. I did. I like. I didn't realize. Your chakra's it. glowing. What's that? Your chakra's glowing. Thanks, I man. I really appreciate that. It feels like it is. And so it's it's always nice to be recognized uh, and validated. Uh, I didn't anticipate this feeling, but you know, Achievement Hunter officially ended yesterday, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, it's like beating a video game. It's like beating Starfield. I assume I haven't beaten it yet, but it's just like it just feels like a mission complete, and I just feel so at peace and at ease, and so like released from worry and responsibility and care and. All of those things that I just, man. It's time for New Game Plus. <laughs> I guess I'm doing that with the yeah. Let's Play channel, right? Yeah. You prestiged already. <laughs> I prestiged, and yeah. 
Uh, anyway, I just like, oh, man, I just feel so fucking mellow and relaxed. Maybe that's why the coffee tastes so good. Maybe everything's a little better today. Wow. You didn't anticipate feeling like that at all? I guess I just didn't think about it. Uh-huh. Um, I was too busy dealing with the reality of it and trying to get a bunch of stuff filmed and, you know, all the things that go around in the background. And it's not like... It's not like that happened in a like that whole period happened in a vacuum. It also happened in a in a time when face is busier than ever, and yeah. I'm also planning a wedding, and mm -hmm. there's just a lot of shit going on in my life. And so uh, I guess I didn't I didn't forecast out how I was going to feel in the future. Mm -hmm. I was kind of just dealing with what I was going through at the moment. And so it's just a night. It's a happy surprise. Mm -hmm. And I just uh, I'm, just want to say I'm loving. I like you guys a little bit more today. Oh, thanks. I appreciate you a little bit more. I didn't really do anything, but I mean, no, I'll take, take it. Take it. Yeah, I'm fine yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. I, cool. uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm appreciating life. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel that way when, uh, when you didn't have to do RTP anymore? It felt like a weight off my shoulders. Interesting. For sure. Weight off my shoulders. Uh, uh, shoulders is well, a good just, way to put it. Just because with, with RTP, it was like this immovable obligation, right? It was like, no matter what, this has to happen. And, uh, you know, you know, you, you help, you produce it for, for a long time. Like, mm -hmm. No matter what curveballs come at you or scheduling mishaps happen or holidays get in the way, it's like you have to figure this out yeah. all the time. There is no getting away from it. And it was, uh, I don't know, For after a while, it starts, it's not the right word, but it's the closest word I could think of. Like, it's almost like dread. Like, this has to happen. You cannot escape it. You know, it's, I, I think people, I think people are going to hear dread and take it in like the worst way, but it's the way that you feel when you have to go to work on, you know, it's Sunday and you're thinking about, ah, oh, fuck, I got to go to work tomorrow on Monday. I think that's all it is. Yeah. It's, it's having a job. Like that's, it's the kind of thing where it becomes the work and it's the expected thing. And I think dread is a fine word for it. And I think you mean it in the least negative yeah, way for possible. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that we always talk about, or I, I shouldn't speak for everyone, one of the things I always talk about that I enjoy is, you know, here having the flexibility to do new things and find new things and, you know, being locked into doing that for so long, for so many years, kind of hamstrings your ability to work on other things. Uh, so having that removed is like, is a, it's very freeing to be able to commit your time, your mental energy, like Jeff, you're talking about just like being so you know focused on so many different things like having one thing removed from that plate is great it's also it's not like like you don't realize it and, and maybe it's like this in all professions but i've worked in a creative profession for so long it's kind of all i can remember but whether you're actively thinking about it or not if you're a part of a production it's always occupying some idle cycles yeah. in your brain you know, it's like like some part of my brain, even right now, is devoted to so all right, and some of it is devoted to f face, and most of it is devoted to this because I'm in the moment. And then if this was last week, some of it would still be devoted to achievement hunter and worrying about them and worrying that they're doing okay, even though I wasn't a part of it directly for the last few years. It's still it's the thing I, I helped create and and birth and you, that you care about, and it's the exact same way with the RT podcast. And I think I think dread isn't it is and it isn't the right word, right? Like. I, close as I, could get. I always remember, and probably why I was suited for this career, I was in the, when I was in the Army, I, did, I was fortunate enough to get to do a lot of cool stuff as a journalist and photojournalist. But one of, the, one of the more challenging things I did that I really got a lot out of is the end of my time in Fort Hood before I moved to New Jersey, I was one of the editors on the largest newspaper in the Army. Mm -hmm. uh, the Fort Hood Sentinel. At the time, may not still be the largest newspaper in the Army. Uh, largest weekly let me rephrase that because I think Army Times might be larger. Our largest weekly newspaper in the Army. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a lot of work. And so you spend all week 
writing articles and editing and you know working with stringers and putting the newspaper together, doing all the layout and design and everything. And then Wednesday morning, you get up, and part of the job was to run newspapers around the headquarters building. We were the ones that would put it out. And then I didn't put it out the other hundred the other hundred thousand newspapers we just did that building for some reason yeah. as part of our job and it was such a sense of accomplishment because you're proud of it you put it out it's got you got a great story you got a great story i was the leisure editor so i got to yeah. do a lot of fun stuff right got to go to austin a lot and do a lot of stories on austin it's part of how i fell in love with austin yeah and uh and you have this sense amazing sense of pride you've put the thing out and then you look up and you realize, you see a clock, and you're like, I'm already behind on the next week's yeah, episode. Yeah. And then you have to turn around, and you don't even have a chance to revel in the success and the joy of putting out a good product, because you have to immediately jump back in and get to work on the next one. And it's just the cycle never, never ends. ends. Mm-hmm. It never ends. The newspaper always comes out. The podcasts always come out. We were a 300, Richard is a 365-day-a-year company, and it always has been. Well, it grew, it hasn't always been. It grew to become one and has been one since. And so th- that there's just a withering effect after years and years and years and years and years of that process, you yeah. know? And it can become dread. And you, you can dread something that you love. Yeah. You can dread something that you're invested in, that you care about. It's human to just be exhausted from that cycle. And I just think anybody that works in a creative industry like this where you're constantly pumping out content it, it, it probably understands intuitively. And, and maybe there's probably a lot of people out there that, have, that are, uh, can sure. speak to it more intelligently than oh, us yeah, yeah. But, uh, and can, put it in, can find a better word than dread for it. But yeah, I get it. I get it. And, I, and, I, and I, I understand that it definitely seems negative because of the connotations with the word, but I don't feel it in a negative way. And I didn't feel it negatively from you because I get it. I yeah. get what you mean. Yeah, it's just that, like, I mean, there's just a timer. And no matter what, that thing's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, and especially the, the, the big problem, <laughs> the big thing I always hated was that we did the RTP on Monday. So mm-hmm. if there were three-day weekends or company holidays and we weren't working on Monday, we had to do a pre-tape. And then around Thanksgiving, Christmas, around the holiday season, it's like, oh, then you're doing multiple pre-tapes. It's like, oh, but you can only, you're hamstring because you can only do it certain days because other people have to use the space too. Yeah. And it's like musical chairs trying to figure all this stuff out and, you know, knock out a bunch of them at once. Yeah, that was always the hard part for Achievement Hunter too. It's like everybody wants to and deserves to take two weeks off at Christmas and spend time with their family and decompress and have a vacation. But the audience is off work because right. they're on their vacation and they right. want to be entertained. And so... You know, we would go through these hell weeks with Achievement Hunter where you would say, all right, between December 1st, actually, between like November like 15th and December 15th, we have to film all of the Thanksgiving stuff so that there can be a short Thanksgiving break. We have to film all, of, film all the Christmas stuff. Then we have to film the first week of January stuff right. because people are going to be f- coming back in at different times. And so you're having these weeks where you're filming... The current content plus the next week's content plus the next week's content, and you're, you're doing like six weeks of content or six times the amount of content in the span of like a week or two, and then which is awesome because it allows you to go on vacation, but you go on a vacation so fucking depleted because you just yeah. went through that. Yeah. But you can and, enjoy it. But you, you, well, you can enjoy it because you're fucking exhausted. <laughs> you're tired. And then, and I was always... I get it, but it's like, and then if you don't do it, the audience is like, where's my fucking Minecraft? And you're like, oh, we're, I'm so tired. We're, uh, we've, we've been... We have been kind of going through that with Stinky Dragon right now mm-hmm. because, you know, they're filming the Stinky Dragon Adventures right now, which is the puppet series. So we had to bank up a bunch of episodes before that leading up to it. And then now that they're in production filming that, whenever there's free time, we 
have to tape two episodes at once. So mm-hmm. It's like back to back recordings, which is, uh, you know, it doesn't sound too bad. Like, oh, boohoo, you have to play <laughs> D&D for, for six hours in a row. But it can be draining. And especially I feel bad for Micah, who's the writer, mm-hmm. because it's hard to get ahead because what happens in the future depends on what happens in the next episode. So it's not like he mm-hmm. can just write out the entire arc and be done with it. It's like, oh, well, we need to see what they do, where they end up. And it's been real, like, go, go, go. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Go, go, go. <laughs> also, because I know people hear that, and they're like, you're just playing D&D. I would kill to play D&D for six hours. A, that's not what they're doing. They're filming a production, and yeah. I guarantee you if it was just D&D, it would be very different. Uh, every single person that's making that production, while they're performing and enjoying and creating, they also, in the back of their mind, are going, is this going in a, in a direction that's good? Are you know, are we are we hitting the beats that we need to? Are, yeah. do we have a, are, are we wrapping this up? A- am I talking enough? Am I talking too much? Should I cut that person off? Yeah. Should I, should I give them more room? Should, should I let them explore? You know, it, there's there's a lot going on in your brain at the same time. It's not just playing DVD or DVD, D&D. But just take a step back and look at your life. Maybe today you went to the gym for an hour and a half, which is awesome. Good job. Now go home and then turn around and go back to the gym for another hour and a half. It's fucking, it is exhausting. Go grocery shopping, come home, put the groceries away, and then turn around and go back to the grocery yeah. store to do it again. Anytime you have to, you have to double up on something, it... It wears you out. And I don't want to sound ungrateful or like I'm bitching like, boo-hoo, my life's so hard. Nobody's going to take that Yeah, us. it's just like that's the reality of it. It's like it's a lot of work to do all at once. It's like fits and starts. And then for like I'm not really involved with Stinky Dragon Adventures. It's even harder for them because they've been busting ass filming that uh, So that fucking series. cool. And everything I've seen so far looks great. It's amazing what they've been doing. That's coming out relatively soon. I think that comes out in November, if I remember right. So a little over a month away. And um, I can't wait uh, to see the final product on that. I, uh, That's my little plug for the other project. I <laughs> I will say, I, I, it's impossible to predict this stuff, but I will say, after spending a little bit of time, Bar- Barb gave me a tour yeah. of them filming the other day, and uh, the, the instant, I think we probably talked about this recently in this podcast, but the vibe I got in that room, it felt like early RVB days, it yeah. felt like early Ruby oh, yeah. days, it felt like, you walk in and you can tell when somebody's catching lightning in a bottle, it is electric, you can feel it in the air, it makes your skin stand up, it makes you want to be a part of it instantly, it makes you not want to leave that room and be like, oh, you guys need an extra puppeteer? Oh, you guys, well, uh, and then you realize, oh, I'm just in their way, yeah. I gotta get out of here, this is their thing, but that feeling is so, it's so permeates what they're doing in that room that I'm just very excited for the audience and for them. Yeah, it's it's hard. I, I'm doing my best to stay out of their way because I am involved with Stinky Dragon, but it's like not necessarily with the puppets, and I'm super excited about it, and I like helping, but at the same time, I acknowledge I get in the way. So it's like, yeah. I like I like to look, and I'll be like, hey, if you need any help, I'm here, but like I, ha- I have to stay away, otherwise I'm just going to slow them down. You also have to, <laughs> it's a weird position to be in, I guess it only affects you and I these days, uh, probably Hullum, but, uh, there's a mosquito buzzing around your head, by the way. Yeah, get Mosqui- it off. Fucking mosquitoes are back somehow. Yeah. By the way, they were all over my backyard yesterday. Is you and I are founders uh, of the company, don't right? Put, don't co-founders. air quote that. <laughs> well, I don't know why. I don't, know, I don't know why there would be an air okay, quote. Okay. Well, you and I are founders yeah. <laughs> of the company, and uh, that comes with a certain like weight where people have, like, people feel like they have to. Uh, give you a, a, some access or respect or whatever yeah. at, at times, and you have to acknowledge that when you walk in a room because uh, <laughs> they don't. You're not always helping when yeah. you're there, yeah. and it's very hard for people to go like, "Hey, founder, get the fuck out of here! You're in the way." So I always try to keep that in the back of my head because you don't want to do like the Gabe Newell thing where you just walk in and go from room to room and go, "Oh, what are you guys doing? What are you guys making here? Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, can I help? You know, <laughs> you're like, "No, Gabe, get the <laughs> go run the company. Get the fuck out of here." 
He walked in on us once. I know. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> and Valve. We what? Making a really? commercial. Yeah. He, he walked specifically in why guys... I brought that up. Really? Yeah. What, what were you guys working on? He, he's just wandering around. The left time, the left time, for Dead TV commercial, the, I believe. The time I'm thinking of was actually earlier. Than that. We were there for a meeting, and he just wandered in. He wasn't involved in the meeting. Yeah. And then uh, he was like, hey, what's going on here? What's the meeting about? Like, oh, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't imagine walking around, seeing a meeting, and going, walking in and going, what's this meeting? Well, what are we, uh, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but, so, what are we talking about? I don't think I was there for the, the Left 4 Dead commercial. Yeah. Uh, I, I spent, I went up there for the Portal 2 commercial. That's, mm. so I spent a lot of time up there doing that one. How many things did you guys do with Valve? Those two. I think those two. I think that was it. We uh, had a real good relationship with Valve, and I feel like we worked with them, we worked with them on some stuff that I don't know if it ever came out, that I don't feel comfortable talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, and I say we, it was more Bernie and Matt on that thing. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, we did some, like, consulting work with them wow. a little bit. And, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a developer we didn't work with pretty yeah. closely there for a while, especially when we were doing, especially when we were in that unique period where we were the only people on Earth who knew how to film video games. <laughs> And so every ad agency in the yeah. world wanted to work they, with us. They had a, so, they, while we you know we worked with them for several years over different with different projects, and when they moved from their first office to the other one, where we, that's the one where we filmed the Portal commercial, I thought they had a really cool setup there, where all the desks were self-contained, like the computer. And the monitor, everything was attached to the desk. The only thing that came out from the desk to the ground was like a power cord and Probably Ethernet a network cable. cable. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they, if you wanted to, you could just like unplug your computer and roll it over to a different part of the building and work on whatever project they were working on. So it's like it was very a very mobile, agile workforce. So it's like you 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 pick the things you want to work on, and you work on that, which I thought was was really cool. Huh. Um, yeah, but that that might. <laughs> That, it, it seems tough from a resource perspective. You're trying to work on something and get something done, and then everyone rolls away from you. <laughs> you're like, oh, great. Was their office cool? What, do I smell? Uh, oh, I do? Okay. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was really nice. I mean, I remember they had, like, at the time, it's been, God, when, the last time I was there was when Portal 2 came out, just to put it in perspective, right? So I'm sure things are different now. At Can't the wait time, for Portal 3, dude. They had, uh, it was almost like a convenience store set up in the office where, like, but that was just, like, their snack room. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this looks like I just walked into a Seven Eleven, but you just take whatever you want and just leave, and like wow. go back to your desk. And but it was just people were so dedicated, you know, so working so, so many long hours and so hard on different things. But it was an interesting place just because, the, out of all, you know, we've been like Jeff said, we've been to many different developers, all over, all over the place and all over the world. That was the one developer who, when we showed up to work on projects, gave us like a key card for the building, and was like. We don't have to escort you around. We don't have to, you know, babysit you. Here's access to the building 24 hours a day. Come and work whenever you want. Do whatever you need to do. And uh, when you're done, just leave. You know, return, e return these key cards. Even Bungie, who we knew better than, clearly, we knew better than any other developer and who we had a really beautiful relationship with. And I cannot say enough good things yeah. about the people that worked at Bungie and then 343. Like, genuinely wonderful people. But trying to get into Bungie was like fucking Fort Knox. Yeah. And it's like, I've been here 108 times and it's still, you go through the, the same protocol every time. The, the security guard always played a game where, well, it wasn't a game actually. <laughs> it like, was not a game. No matter how many times he met you or no matter how many times he saw you, he was he was seeing you for the first time yes. every time you showed up. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you'd go to lunch and come back. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I have no idea who you are. It was like, okay, go in, keep your eyes on the floor, 
turn right, go straight, first office on the right. That's all That's all you're allowed to go to, yeah. and that's all you're allowed to and see. And they would be like, like, I remember when they were showing Bernie and I reach for the first time when we, like, I saw Bernie ha- kind of have the idea to continue RVB in that room in that moment, and that, which was a really wa- cool day. Uh, even then, they, we, they put us in this little conference room with a with a Xbox and a TV and uh, early build, and they said, "You don't leave this room. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't leave this room." Wow. And we're like, uh, "What if I have to go to the bathroom?" And they're like, "We'll come get you." Yeah, I get it, and it had to be that way. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't begrudge it. It was, it was funny. It was a funny part of it. Definitely a different times kind of thing too. Yeah, especially yeah. when you're talking about like the convenience store and like all that yeah. stuff. It's just. It's not that long ago, but man, it feels like a lifetime ago. Like the way that people worked in offices and the mm-hmm. way that people like we're working long hours and we have to be at this thing and we like, So here's a ping pong table. Yeah. yeah. Oh absolutely dude, yeah. every office. That's how Razor was. Yeah. Like, that's just by virtue of like you're here for a long time. Sorry. Like here's Doritos and you go, okay, oh, but man. now it's like and I think it's by virtue of like High speed internet, every literally everywhere, and yeah. and security being a different kind of path or route. A lot of work from home, and I don't see that changing. Sometimes it seems like shopping for those closest to you, whether it's your mom, dad, children, in-laws, or your best friend, can be the hardest. I mean, you want to get them something unique that they're actually gonna love, you know. Thankfully, Uncommon Goods makes it easy to find remarkable, truly original gifts for anyone. And they really do have something for everyone. Uh, I was browsing around the other day, and just on a whim, I typed in airplane. You know, I'm a big plane fan. I was like, I wonder wonder what kind of airplane stuff they have. And uh, I saw they have a uh, bottle opener made from a piece of a Pan Am plane from a a Pan Am Boeing 707. I thought, okay, that's really cool. If they 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 have really specific things, so if you know you know something about someone, something that they really love, like me, I love planes. uh, You can just search for something like a keyword, and you'll find something really awesome, really cool that uh, you could buy for them. They even have uncommon experiences available, such as tarot card readings, romantic map making, cooking and mixology classes, and more that give you a unique way to have fun and connect with your loved ones. Plus, the unique gifts at Uncommon Goods are made by small artists and businesses, often in the United States. From art and jewelry to kitchen supplies to home goods and more, Uncommon Goods seriously has the perfect memorable gifts for everyone. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com anma, uh, that's uncommongoods.com slash anma for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Have you uh, have you gotten to the Simpsons episode where Bart ends up working for that like tech company? And they I, the only thing I remember about it is it's the similar kind of vibe where they like they turn the communal spaces into playgrounds yeah. to trick you into staying 17 hours a day. And uh, they just had uh, company stock, like on toilet paper rolls. Oh, it was and an animation company. Like, animation yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. just have some more stock. Take it. It was uh, when they were making Angry Dad. <laughs> That's right, uh, yeah. Into a, into a web series. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what season is that? That's like season... I want to say that's like season 20, if I'm remembering right, but I could be wrong. Uh, I'm up to season 26 on my rewatch right now. It's a, it's a whole new world. They definitely nailed it in that episode. Um how are you liking season twenty six? It's a, it's it, it's a lot of stuff that I don't remember. I might be seeing for the first time. Yeah, uh, and a lot of weird episodes. So I'm, I, the, I, the episode I watched this morning, uh, Homer and some of the people form a cover band, and Apu's their lead singer. Did you do you laugh every episode you watch? There's there's at least one or two good yeah. jokes. That's in, the nice thing about The episode. Simpsons. Yeah. You will smile or chuckle at least once every episode. Yeah. Have you watched the new Futurama? Reboot? No, I haven't. I watched the first episode. I just watched it's the all right. Simpsons Futurama crossover episode mm. from season 26 yesterday. 
it's <laughs> it's cute and I enjoy it and I thought it was it, like the way they kick it off is kind of cool. But then I and I'm a big fan of graining and and Futurama and everything that he's done. Uh, but even when I was watching, it, I was like, it's good, it's cool, but I don't, I don't know if I you know I don't know I don't know that I'll continue it. Mm-hmm. I probably will. Th- that that show has been canceled and come back what like it's just had three so many times? lives and deaths it's it's been kind of a bit of a roller coaster and then every time they end it they end up more poignantly than the last time and I'm like <laughs> that's a good eventually. way to stop it yeah. and then and then it comes back I w- it's cool it's like on the spot yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to talk about that golden gust here in a second oh, cool. but um I feel like the same thing happened with family guy and people don't remember that I forget who, yeah. some, someone at the office was talking about family guy the other day I was like oh dude yeah they got canceled and do they, you remember they why came they came back, back? DVD sales. Really? That is why they came back. They, they they had sold like a million and a half DVDs. They put it on Adult Swim, and the DVDs were like, you couldn't keep them in the fucking It is 100%. Stores, that show came back from the dead purely because of physical media. I feel like a lot of people have forgotten that that show went away and then mm-hmm. for for a while yeah. and then yeah. came back. And because Seth MacFarlane didn't get on that flight. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um, so on the spots back, I did uh, the first new episode of The Return of On the Spot last week, and the Golden Gus went missing. People keep asking me if I have it as if like I stole it and have it at home and I'm not telling anyone. I don't want it. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't fuck. take it. I have yeah. You've got the real Gus. I've got the I've got the real one. <laughs> 24 hours a day. You uh, got <laughs> and you've got the aluminum Gus or whatever you are. So they had to make a new version of the Golden Gus trophy. But they did, we don't have like the <laughs> the technology or the facilities to do that kind of capture and printing. Mm-hmm. So that's what you think. Tyler like took a bunch of photos of me with his phone and then 3D printed a replacement and painted it. <laughs> and it was unveiled in that first episode and I was a little insulted. What do you mean? That's you. <laughs> That's like a do, do you have a photo of the back? It's your twin. No, I don't. His brother. <laughs> its butt is a rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stand up. I was like, I don't really look like that, do I? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, on the spot's back for like four episodes, I think. I don't know. A few yeah, episodes. Sure. <laughs> uh, it was it was it was fun to be back. This uh, some new games. Uh, oh, I was yeah. on the team with Carrie. Ah, uh, uh, good old Dragon we, Face. I love Carrie. Yeah, I don't I don't get to do as much with him. Uh, Same. These days. I get so happy when I see him, but I rarely rarely see him. Yeah. It's uh. So anyway, go check that out too. That's back. That's uh. My, my the other thing I was on that I'm promoting. You know, it's funny. We were you were talking earlier about about going up to see Valve. And it got me thinking about just trips that we would take and, and less trips that we would take, but more like eras of trips. That was definitely a period of time when it felt like we were in Seattle all the time. All the time, yeah. Constantly. And then there was a period, and I was thinking, like, what other eras do we have? I feel like there was a... And I guess our eras can be different because we were doing stuff independently of each other. Yeah. You know, we were like, you handle this, I'll handle this. But I had a... I think the earliest era was New York. I felt like we were in New York four times a year, five times a year for a couple of years there. Yeah. And then there was the Portland era, mm-hmm. right? We were in Portland all the time. There was the Seattle era. There was a San Francisco era. That was very fleeting. Where? San Francisco. Less fleeting for me. I was in San Francisco. I had a couple of San Francisco areas. Because okay. I worked with Kind of Funny a lot, too, for, uh, uh, okay. for a second time period. And then that was back when Achievement Hunter was running, was producing content for oh, Ubisoft right. and for their YouTube channel. And so I was up there. So there was a period where, like, I went to I went to San Francisco maybe, like, eight times a year for, like, two years there. And uh, and then I think, they, I feel like there was a Florida era, right? Yeah. Where we were doing conventions, but also you were going down there to Tiburon yeah, to, to, do, to work on commercials yeah. and stuff. And then I guess there was an L.A. era before Funhouse when we were doing commercial work there. 
Oh, that's yeah, it, right? Yeah. We didn't have any other. There were no other spots that we were. No, that's about anchor it. to. That's about it. Yeah. Did you ever go to the YouTube headquarters? Yes, the one. Wait. Do you mean the one that had the in the big airplane hangar that had the? No, that's the Creator Space out in LA. I'm okay. talking about like their headquarters up in the Bay Area, like south of San Francisco. No, I forgot. Uh, what it's like it's by the San Francisco airport. I don't know what city. It's no, in. but I think I saw a Vince Vaughn movie that took place there. Oh, the Did, isn't intern? that Google? In, the interns, intern was that Google? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess you probably and Google be it. the same thing. <laughs> it, I mean, yes, but no, it's a different different building. Um, I, I went there once to do like a, a presentation. Uh, at U- the YouTube headquarters. And the reason I bring it up is like we're talking about all these trips and all the things you've seen. I remember like, I walked in and, you know, you check in at the front desk and they're like, okay, you know, just have a seat over there and, uh, you know, whoever you're here to meet, we'll, we'll come out and see you here in a minute. I remember I sat down and I looked to my left and there was like a, a server rack, like a server cage. And I thought, that's weird. I wonder why that's out here. So I like, I stood up and walked over to it and it had like a little plaque on it. And it was like, this was the first YouTube server, you know, booted up on, you know, this date in 2004, whenever it was like, Man, that's really that's really weird and really cool. That's like, oh, that's where it started, right there. Yeah, like that piece of hardware. Uh, I don't know if they still have it in the lobby, but it was just a, a cool bit of internet history to be able to see uh, in person. What do you think the coolest building or or uh, place you you visited is for a commercial work for all this stuff? Like when we were doing, like, is it Bungie? Is it Microsoft? Is it Valve? Is it? Uh, I think my answer. Uh, and I've, I've mentioned it before, it's going to be Prologue uh, yeah. out in Venice. N- yeah. Not because the building was cool, but because I have, even before Rooster Teeth, I was such a fan of, and I, I've, I've been a video game fan, but I was such a fan of all the film work that Prologue did. Um, mm. uh, I, like, I always admired uh, Kyle Cooper and like all the work that they put out. So it was really cool for me to go there and like to be in that building. Uh, what it, about you? It was definitely a surreal experience. To I remember the day we got there, the first day we got there, and we, we signed a bunch of NDAs and stuff, and we walked in, and they were really they hit us really hard about like keep your fucking mouth shuts about what's going on in here, <laughs> and just getting to see, oh, that's a I don't know, I'm not gonna say it. I mean, even if it was ten years, fifteen years ago, I still don't want to <laughs> still don't want to say it. But it's like oh, that's a major video game company's thing there, yeah. and that's a. Uh, major comic book uh, movie thing going on over there, and like you're just sitting in the middle of it, and you're watching all the stuff that you love being worked on around you, and you're like, I'm doing some, I'm uh, like, I'm a peer yeah. at the moment. Yeah. That's fu- it was fucking wild. It's legit. What about you? Do you have a, a favorite? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, White and Kennedy was really cool. That was really cool. It's a really beautiful building, and it's a it was a really cool vibe. I liked that a lot. Less the people, more the building. There, and some, there, the, some cool there were some great people yeah. there. There were some great people there. Um, <laughs> I think I really liked Lost Planet. Yeah, I don't know. We can say that, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. know why we couldn't. It was a uh, like it was a, a finishing house yeah, that we, yeah. we would work at in Venice. Um, I really Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Sorry, I really liked those people. I really liked that building. I really liked what we were making there. I didn't like one or two dudes <laughs> that we were working with. Yeah, but, there were some difficult people. But uh, that was where I got into a fucking. Screaming match with a not a screaming match, but a yelling match with one of the creatives there because he had unreal expectations of what a video game can do. Oh yeah, uh, at that time. But uh, I re- yeah, I really liked that place. There was that cool bar across the street that we would the go pirate to, bar, the pirate bar. Yeah, yeah, that was fun times. Um, yeah, that's a we we did we spent a lot of time there. That's definitely like L.A. era. We spent a lot of fucking time there. Like that's when I really got to know 
the layout of LA. Like I know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I know where to go and where, where things are in relation to each other. That's where you saw that dude get hit by a car. Yes, it was a woman, but or yes, that lady <laughs> get hit by a car. Yeah, yeah. We were right in front of the Viceroy, which was a hot spot at the time. <laughs> I remember there was a little breakfast place we would go to because they had croque-monsieur that you really liked. Was that it? No. And I think we were, you were on your way to that spot when it happened. No, I'm trying to think. I, I, I can't remember. That's, hmm. I'm trying. It sounds vaguely familiar. That doesn't sound like the dish, though. Okay. I'm trying to think what it is. It was something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a. Uh, it's. It's like right there. Beautiful area. Super. Super expensive. I'm sure. I loved, and probably in the moment hated, but lo- looking back on it, I loved all of that work we did. All of that travel. That was really exciting. It was really fun to get to experience it with you, and it felt very unique. And I felt like we were doing stuff that most people didn't get to do, and that was awesome. But I can't imagine. Taking one of those trips again. Here's here's the thing that that bugs me or that stays in my mind about it, right? Like it was great. I felt like we were doing good work. All of that works ephemeral. It's all gone. Yeah. Uh, like there was no lasting impact. It was like bust your ass, make this commercial, which is super important for the next month. And super then, important to somebody else, right? Too. And then it's gone. Like yeah. sometimes I'll think about a commercial I worked on and I'll try to look up. Like I want to see it. Like like oh, what was that? And I'll look at, try to look for it on YouTube. It's not there. Like there's no record of that work ever having been done. Like we remember it. We busted our ass on it for someone else, and it's forgotten. Yeah, it's just gone. It's just like lost in a, a wash of everything else. Yeah, that was always the trade off, right? It's like it's good money, good short term money, and it's good connections and it's good relationship building. But we work on that to the when we're working on that, we're not working on our own internal IP. Right. And that was always the struggle to find. And I am glad that eventually we got to a point where we stopped doing all that other stuff just to focus on our stuff. Yeah, and I, I think, I, I, I'll admit, like, I thought that that other stuff was more important than it was. Like, looking back now, it was the right call to ditch all of that. Yeah, but it was important, but we needed it. Yeah, we, we did. Needed it, we needed it for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I, because I, I, I totally agree with you, and that was Bernie's rub the whole time, is that we should be working on our own IP, and he was right. But, so much good stuff came out of that and it was so necessary that I don't think we could have gotten to the point where we were where we are the company we are right now if we hadn't done that yeah. and gone through that and we also learned a lot yeah we, we learned a lot of shit that applied to what we would do later that we wouldn't have learned on our own probably you know what I mean yeah like we were forced into like somebody gives you a job you don't know if you can do it you got to figure out how to do it right fucking uh that, that's how we learn and grow do you remember like it, it's funny to think about now but you know t- technology was so primitive at the time do you remember the uh that piece of equipment we would have to carry with us just in case they yes. didn't have capture equipment yes. it was an aja i don't know how you oh, say it oh yeah it yeah. was like this silver box that was maybe the size of this table yeah. <laughs> with a handle up on it and it had like every possible video input and output on it so you could no matter what no matter what equipment was there when you showed up wherever you were going you could make sure that you were able to capture to capture and uh, and do whatever you needed to How do. How often did we use it? Very rarely. Yeah, it was it was insurance. Right. Yeah. Cuz just cuz we did show up places sometimes they're like, yeah, we don't have anything. What do you think happened to that piece of equipment? You think it's in a warehouse some, like in a storage unit somewhere? It's, it's pro- it probably is. Or it's over in like one of the other like in stage 2 or something. Someone wheeled it through stage 2 like the end of uh, Raiders of the yeah, Lost Ark. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. And it's just like just in a box somewhere. That. It's in the don't open till the future box. <laughs> Um, we're getting close to time, but I do want to talk about the coffee at LT Gray, uh, which we sort of briefly mentioned at the top. This coffee's so good. Um, <sighs> fucking phenomenal cup of coffee. 
here's the deal. Uh-huh. When I wait something, it means nothing. Yeah. Because I'm a very this is the best thing or yeah. the worst thing. Oh yeah. I'm a I'm a man of extremes. But I am genuine when I say <laughs> that this is the best cup of coffee I've ever had <laughs> in my life. It's it um, is unreal. So better than Desnudo, better, better than, than Desnudo. Wow. Complete, better than all gimmicks, better than the place I can't remember on uh, next to Coral Snake. Freewheeling. Freewheeling. It's it is. This is my number one cup really? of coffee in Austin. Wow. I wouldn't put it that high. Me neither. I, I think would. it's Good. excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it beats any of those other places. For a black iced coffee, you will not get a better black iced coffee. Uh, for me, this is like, it's really good, really smooth, super easy to drink. This is like eight, eight and a half. It's uh, it's excellent. It's I, th I still think Desnudo and some of those other places are better, but that's not a knock on this place. Just because sure, those sure. places are like the best in my mind. Put this at like a nine, like easy nine. This is a, um, I got it, but the thing I'm always afraid of when I get the drip coffee or, or just coffee in general from places like this is that it, they pour it and it's ripping hot yeah, and you can't yeah. drink it and you have to wait. This was a good temperature when I got it and it didn't affect the flavor. The sort of like fruity floral sort of flavors are there through like the whole cup. Um, I'm really impressed with the taste uh, i'm really impressed with like the quality of the coffee you can tell that this is a roastery because yeah. they man they give a fuck about this it is really good it's really good if you're in if you're in austin it's definitely like a place to visit i'm gonna yeah. have to come back and buy beans sometimes too. if uh if iced black coffee is your jam i can't speak to the iced americano i can't speak to the the drip but if if you just like eric <laughs> if <laughs> I was respecting his drip, he looks great. He's got he's all San he's all San Diego out today. Yeah, yeah, big time. Uh, you got your SDSU hat on, I see. Yeah. Uh, if you just like black iced coffee, I'm telling you, take my word for it. This is better than those other places. I'm gonna have to, and come they're back all and, phenomenal. I'm gonna have to come back and get it. I'm gonna come back and get the beans. I'm not gonna buy them mm -hmm. now. I have plenty of beans. My buddy from nearby just roasted another Rwandan that I'm like super high on right now. When I'm done with that, I'm coming back here. I'm getting two bags and a nice coffee. They that got, is, I'm so excited. They got big bags too. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, they do. They have a, they have some good sized stuff. Usually, I mean, I'm gonna have to break my streak of really only buying beans from Barrett's to come over to El Tigre. Um, great name. Yeah. Great logo. Dude, I would get. Vibe. This is the kind of little tiger I would definitely get tattooed on. Me. Absolutely. This Absolutely. Is a, this is a tattoo tiger right uh, here. I like 100%. the derpy tiger from Easy Tiger. This, <laughs> <laughs> this one's like mean and tough, and the one from Easy Tiger goes. Eh. This guy would kick the shit out of the Easy Tiger tiger. The tiger's like, hey man, take it easy. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a really. I would really recommend this. I'm so excited to see. Good vibe. If we keep the street going too, because fuck, this is a good cup of coffee. Um, people here are cool. It's not too crowded. I mean, it's a Monday morning, so yeah. whatever. But there are places to sit. We're next to a little. It's this kitty goes to Texas, and it looks like that's a salon, maybe in that back oh, corner over there, yeah. um, which is very cool, and a little open house Austin thing, which uh, looks like a realtor and. It's a great little spot. This yeah. is just a cool little tucked away spot, like right off Twelfth on Selena. Unassuming. Yeah. Very relaxing. Yep. A little breeze going on today. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. Um, you know, no Gavin on this episode, but I had a good time. So, uh, let's get into a little bit of uh, anarchy. Me anything. Let's get a. Uh, let's get a Mugs question out. here. Mugs out. Oh yeah, that's right. The mug is out. The now. mug is available. Oh, we sold quite a few of them. Yeah, did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did. We did. You guys did a really good job of buying the mug. Store.roosterteeth.com. Yep. If you thank, if you haven't yet. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Yeah, thank you. Because it, it's this or a couple of t-shirts. We're not really pushing. We're not a merch super hard. Podcast, no, it's. Yeah. It, I mean, it's really. 
hopefully, you know what, uh, kind of peek behind the curtain. It's been like, oh, you know, what else do you guys want to do? Is there other merch you guys want to do? You know, just seeing like what if there's anything that we want. I feel like the mug, I feel like the shirts are good or whatever. We're kind of in talks with some people right now where we might get some beans, where yeah. we might do some coffee, some, uh, an, an Anma blend. Um, which I'm very excited about. That's the thing with with productions that at least I can't speak for Gus, but productions that I'm a part of. I'm a I, I love merch. I love making merch. I love selling merch. Yeah, if you've I'm checked like out a, Fuckface, you can. Yeah, I'm a yeah, bit yeah. of a I'm a bit of a carnival barker. What if What if my fridge love, was a magnet? But I love But I love making merch that makes sense yeah. to the product and the production. Right. I want a magnet. I don't. Now. I don't. I hate I hate logo slaps on stuff. Yeah. I just I can't stand it. I don't want to do that. And I and I, I want I want the merch to be unique and interesting and and it to be of and for uh and speak speak about the the content that we're making and that's why we don't want to do stuff that doesn't make sense yeah for this podcast which is why you get a coffee cup maybe a t-shirt hopefully some beans yeah I don't, I don't know what else we can do yeah i don't know if you guys have ideas let us know but like what what kind of stuff would you want to see but i mean coffee again, brewing alarm clock this, so that's like oh. the alarm goes off and it makes the coffee yeah. for you yeah like it heats the water. Like Doc Brown type adventure. Huh. Yes. It's and kind then, of a Pee Wee's Big Adventure sort you, of you, yeah. you get woken up by the smell of coffee. Hmm. Like it doesn't make a sound or anything. It just brews the coffee. It doesn't make it. It's an alarm clock that doesn't make a sound. It just brews the coffee. Yeah. It's just a coffee maker okay. with a timer. <laughs> did you guys watch that? That <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you guys watch that Pee Wee movie that came out on Netflix no. a couple years ago? No. I watched like the first fifteen minutes. It was cute. I'm sure it was I fine. Just, yeah. I don't want to go through it through the uh, whole thing, but yeah. Anarchy question. This is from Gioza. I hope I said that right. Um, dead. Also, it doesn't really matter. Paul Rubens. Um, Super dead. Yep. F1 has brought me... Get, there's a fly and a mosquito. They, they yeah. were bothering me. I'm glad <sighs> to move to you. Thanks, man. F1 has brought me to Austin from the UK. And I love the city, but even I've noticed the change over the years and the race getting really busy. Be curious to know your opinions of F1 and if you've been... And then also any recommendations for meat and vegan food. I don't know why you would specify meat. Um, we have a mixed group. So, but anyway. Oh, the place that has both, maybe. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? Uh, F1 in Austin. I'm sure you guys have seen it grow for a really long time, and you've been. Yeah, I've been to two. Uh, I'm not going to go this year, but I went to the two previous years. It is fantastic. It's awesome. I love F1. I love that Austin has Coda and that it's it's going so well i don't know if it still is but but last year it was the largest uh i think it was the largest attendance of an f1 ever wow i think that might have been beaten since then but mm -hmm. like it, it's it's been great it's great to see what it's done for the city i discovered i think like most americans i discovered f1 through drive to survive during yeah. the pandemic when yep. we were all desperate uh to find something to do or watch and I have been a fan ever since. I will say the only the problem I have with F one these days is that when I got into it, it was it was Max Verstappen trying to catch up with the unstoppable Lewis, Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, and that was a fun <laughs> that was fun to watch that battle. Now it's flipped, uh -huh. and Max Verstappen's so far ahead of everybody else that it's incredibly fucking boring. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I I, I used to get a up, monster. I used to get up every morning, every Sunday morning at like five or six or whenever the game would come on. Yeah. and Emily and I would watch it in bed, and it'd be the best way to start a day. And now I just read about who won, yeah. and if there's a crash, I'll go look at it just because it's it's not competitive. Yep. I just talked to Jordan Spears about it. He'll just give me the rundown. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a good uh, but I'm a big, big fan of F1, big fan of Austin having such a unique and awesome global event. I think yeah. that it's helped 
open the world up to the charm of Austin, Texas, which was not a global destination before no, Coda. No. Yeah. And probably isn't a global destination now, but it's gotten closer. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, people come for People come for F1. F1. Yeah. People come for MotoGP. People yep. come for... I've never, I've never been, but like I'm really glad that it's here. I, I, when they announced it, when they built it, I thought it was a very strange location because there was no infrastructure mm. out there. Like <laughs> the first couple of years, Don't getting, worry, still not. Yeah, yeah, getting to and from the track, like it was like a dirt road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they've expanded it a bit, but it's. I mean, I've, I've been out there for other things, not for an F1 race, um, but it's. You know, there's there's really like there's no hotels out there. No, like, there's you, nothing out there. It yeah, was a you have to drive to get there. It was a nightmare to get in and out of last year. I mean, really, really bad. People, it was taking like two and three hours mm-hmm. in traffic to get there. I heard not too long, and that was because it was heavy construction, and they weren't able to get even close to finishing it before F1 last year. Uh, I heard that not too long after that, there was a Rolling Stones concert that was worse. Yep, mm. way worse. Something like like a a, a large percentage of the people that bought tickets couldn't get there wow and just had to turn around and go home because it was such a clusterfuck uh f1 is really interesting it's weird that it's in austin like it's cool now it used to be the only american race now they have miami and they have vegas that they are um that they're going to be doing soon i was looking at vegas but it's too fucking expensive i mean last time we went to vegas it was like the construction on the strip is so fucking outrageous cutting down all the Mm -hmm. trees yeah did you hear that somebody died they've been pushing construction so hard somebody like fell off a building and died yeah Yeah. it's been really bad um and that's sort of how it felt when we were there i will say i have friends who work for a company who um they are a F1 competitor and I, me and, and Jordan Swears were lucky enough to go and we were in the luxury suite at the start and finish line uh, when we went and it was free champagne the whole time and food and walking around and this whole, it was really incredible and really cool. And then I left and I went, the wealth, the wealth disparity <laughs> that we just participated in is so outrageous. Yeah. The team of servers in this suite travel the world for this F1 team because the people who go to these races expect that caliber of service. And so if you work as a server for like this team, you are traveling Azerbaijan and all of these places to just serve in the suite for the F1 races. It was unreal. I will never go back to a F1 race unless that is the quality. <laughs> I started too high. Oh, I can't. It's all I downhill, can't, dude. You can't. It's like it's like flying over everything in like a hot air balloon yeah. and then being told, okay, well, now we're done. Get in the Honda Accord and drive through. And you go, I'm not doing nah. No, put me back in the hot air balloon. And they go, that was a one-time deal. That's it. So I'm never going back, I don't think. Uh, it was really crazy. Fun as hell. Loud as hell. Really, really loud. Um, but it is nothing but engineers building airplanes that stay on the ground. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Jet jet propulsion style vehicles that are not meant to take off. I grew up, uh, my stepdad when I was a kid, uh, fuck him by the way. Uh, not my, <laughs> not my, not my, the guy I consider my father, Larry, uh-huh. who, who is dead, rest his soul. Um, but the guy before him who's a piece of shit. Uh, he was a drag racer. 
And oh, wow. so I spent most of my childhood going to like the Gator Nationals and mm-hmm. traveling around going to drag races. And so I'm very well versed in that style of racing. And I will say there nothing compares to F1. Nope. Like being, I've, I've being seen, in the stands, it's yep. like it's unreal. I've yeah. seen videos of uh, like people set up a static camera at a racetrack and film like all different kinds of races. Yeah. And then compare it to like the speed of F1 cars going by. And it's just like it's un- unreal how what another level F1 is on. You yeah. feel it in your bones yeah. in the most satisfying way. It is, uh, that being said, it is so goddamn expensive to get a decent seat yes. where you get, because it's, even in October when it happens in Austin, it's still a fucking, I like guess 96 degrees today is yeah. the height. Like, it's going to be in the 90s, and you're just sitting in silver Sun. bleachers, yeah. just baking. Yep. I think F1's three weeks from this past weekend. Like, we're coming yeah. up on it. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's ACL this weekend, next weekend, and then it'll yeah. be that and I think less people are well, it's not, probably, I mean, they're not going to have trouble selling out, but nope. I, uh, they hit me up, you know, cause I'd bought tickets two years in a yep. row and I was like, I'm taking this year off and they're like, cool, man. Cool. And then they, they hounded me for months yep. after that. So yep. I think I it'll wonder. be less local, but it is, it's a global thing. So it yeah, is what it sure. is. Um, great. Hey, good there's episode. A, there's a great vegan restaurant. want to play real fast. Okay. Uh, Nissi vegan Tex-Mex. Their trailer, not too far from here, but they're also a brick and mortar up off by, uh, Highland Lanes. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Uh, up off of like 183 and uh, right in that area. Over mm-hmm. by the bingo. By the bingo. Over by the bingo. Uh, that place is great. Re- you know, when I was very strict vegan, that mm-hmm. was like that place definitely scratched my itch for Mexican food. Cool. Uh, and I think even you know, now that I'm a little more lenient, uh, that place is phenomenal. They have really good food. Well, great. Thank you very much. And if you want some meat, Quantos Tacos. Yeah, baby. Come to, come to El Tigre and then go I think I'm, through blocks away to get to I think I'm going to try Quantos that tacos. pretty soon. It sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, good episode. If you guys want to uh, follow us on social media, you can. You see pictures of uh, this episode and every other episode at, at Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. There's also a subreddit that we do not run, r slash Podcast. Uh, you can go uh, put your questions there that we might use for the anarchy segment of this podcast. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening in the next few weeks. Go subscribe to the Let's Play channel because Face is taking that over. Uh, started this last Friday. Friday the 6th um, with a worms video, yeah with a worms video oh, and classic. if you're listening to this now on a Monday you can sign up and you can become a first member and you can watch face off a six episode run of um, computer controlled video games that we talk over and we have made a very big bet that we have to settle uh, using Super Mega Baseball 4. So uh, you can go to facepod.com slash first, and you can sign up there, and uh, that'll help what Gavin has uh, now revealed to the world as the F brands, uh, all of our sort of umbrella here. So you can give us a, a, a go sign up there. Check it out. And uh, I think you'll you'll uh, pay special attention to the to the uh, the unique win loss mechanic that we have uh, <laughs> for, for victory and punishment. Uh-huh. I don't think you've ever seen uh, seen a sports league work quite like this before. No, I think it's very innovative. We're very excited about it. Excited. We haven't done the finals yet. We have one more game to record of, as of this recording. We'll do it this week. Very excited about it. Uh, you can also check out Stinky Dragon, uh, Stinky Dragon Pod, which you guys can go check out there and subscribe. But this is Anma, and we did a very good job today yeah. so let's, and if let's pat ourselves on the back if you're listening to this right now on a monday mm-hmm. stick around for the break show later today oh yeah that's right every monday most mondays live yeah on the roosh teeth and the face channel uh we open up dallas we open up baseball car uh, sports cards non-sports cards uh, 
fucking jerseys, hats, whatever. Just all any kinds. kind of weird collectible. Takes all kinds. We get into it. Yep. Uh, but we did it. Uh, anything else for these fine folks before we take off? Um, I want to. I want to f brand umbrella now. <sighs> all right. Uh, that's not a bad idea. This sucks. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye.